Hello and you're welcome to the study notes on prayer series. I am Hatekule Joshua Olamiwonu and I am super excited to welcome you to episode 12 of the study notes on prayer series. Today we're considering hindrances to an answer prayer. Hindrances to an answer prayer. It is important that we understand this. That the reason we pray is so that our joy might be full. The reason we pray is so that our joy might be full. It's so that we can have whatever it is we we desire according to the will of God, even when we pray. And so, when you have a prayer life, it is intended to have to be a result. Let's put it that way. So basically what we are saying is that when you pray to God or when you approach God in prayer or when you go to the place of prayer, it is only normal that you get results from praying. Because a man that is unable to get results from his prayer life will be unable to pray without ceasing. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, So it will be almost impossible for us to not give up on praying if praying is not bearing results. But we must understand that the purpose of praying is so that we can get the desires we have, whether for ourselves or for people that we are interceding for. This must be underlined. No one should pray for praying's sake. There is no point, there is no point in praying for praying's sake. There is no point. There is just no reason for anyone to pray now for praying's sake. Even when we pray in the Holy Ghost without a particular desire in mind, what that is intended to do is to help us build up on our most holy faith, according to the scriptures. So, praying should be done with the understanding that results is the goal. Hallelujah. Now, this being said, every single prayer can be answered. Every single prayer can be answered. Now, if you have prayed a particular prayer one way or another, it does not mean that God does not want to answer if you have not received your result. You see, most of the time we miss it in the place of prayer, especially when we pray, and it seems as though we have not received our petition. And so we we think that we have to continue to disturb God. We have to continue to pray to God regarding that particular thing, that particular way. And then maybe, just maybe one day, God would answer our prayers. This is an error. God does not need you to constantly disturb him to get him to answer your prayers. Let's look at it this way. Imagine that you want to open a door. You have a door right in front of you and it is locked. And you have a bunch of keys. And you continue to put in the wrong key. And you continue to turn in the wrong key, turn in the wrong key, turn in the wrong key. Meanwhile, The right key is in that bunch of keys, but you refuse to use the right key. Now, 
It doesn't matter how long you spent turning the wrong key. It wouldn't matter. In fact, it doesn't matter at all whether you have spent a year turning the wrong key there. The door will not open. So the same way you could have missed something by turning the wrong key is the same way you could have missed something when you pray and you don't get results. Now, basically, there are hindrances to prayer. When we pray and our prayers are not answered, there is a reason. And there is probably an hindrance. Usually, a good number of believers have enough sense, that is, enough spiritual sense now, to understand that there is an hindrance. But there is this part of us, or let me say, we sometimes allow the devil to tell us that it is because of sin. That maybe because you have sinned the sin, or that maybe it is not according to the will of God. These are the two main options that the devil puts in the mind of believers when they pray and they don't get results. That maybe it is not the will of God for them. And two, maybe there is a sin. And that sin is the reason they are not getting from God. We're going to look today at one or two hindrances and the next episode will continue. The honest truth is that sin can be an hindrance but not uh, the way you would like to think it is. Praise God. We will see together in the word of God. Now. The first real hindrance the first real hindrance to an answered prayer is the lack of knowledge of his will. Lack of knowledge of his will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, This is the confidence that we have in him when we pray according to his will. He heareth us. You see, it is important that we understand that our God is our Father. And no father would ignore the cries of his children. Now, no earthly father now would ignore the cries of his children. I mean, mothers can endure. I I do not mean this in a sarcastic way. I mean, mothers can endure because they understand that the children are, you know, um, just being naughty. But fathers generally can't just take it when the children are crying. No father. Now, if an earthly father cannot endure the cries of his children, how much more your heavenly father would ignore your desires when you pray? It is not possible. So the problem is not that God is ignoring you. The problem is whether he heard you or not. It is not that God is ignoring you when you pray. The issue is, did he hear you? Now, what will make God hear you is, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So what will make God hear you? Praise God. What would make God hear you is his will. Is the knowledge of his will. Now, if we know that he hears us, we have the petition we desire of him. If you know his will and you pray in his will, then your prayers will be answered. It is for sure. That's the first real obstacle. And so people come to the presence of God and say, Father, if it is your will, please do this. No, 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 no. First, find out his will concerning that thing. We can't put all the responsibility on God and expect to get everything right. First, find out his will. Praise God. And what is the will of God? The written word of God is the written will of God. The word of God, both written and spoken to you, is the word or is the will of God. So the will of God now comprises of both the logos and the rema. It is important that you understand this. So we cannot pray without knowledge of the will of God and expect okay, to get results. I mean, it is not possible for us to pray without the will of God and hope that um, things will happen. So this first hindrance is what leads to the second hindrance, unbelief. Because without the will of God, there can't be faith. Without the knowledge of the will of God, there can't be faith. So, if you've prayed regarding a particular thing before in the past, get it clearly. And you have not gotten the result. The first thing is, do you understand the will of God in that situation? John chapter 5 verse 7. Let's go at what the Lord Jesus said. John chapter 5 and verse 7. John 5 and 7. Oh, brother. John chapter 15, brother. Sorry, excuse me. John chapter 15 and verse 7. This is the Lord Jesus speaking here. He says, If ye abide in me, pay attention, please. And my words abide in you. He says, You will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So, this means that. A man can have will that does not align with the will of God. But the Lord Jesus promised us only and only if his words abide in us, that is the word of God abides in us, 
then we will have the knowledge of his will and then we will ask according to his will you know when we were saying these are steps when we consider the steps to an answered prayer we consider a very important step that uh, says hold on to the promise of god find the promise of god that promises you the things you are praying for i think this is the first step or second step find the word of god that promises you what you are praying for without the knowledge of his will you are in a tricky area even when you pray and god answers as answered the devil can still trick you into believing that god has no answer because you just don't know his will the knowledge of his will is a very important step to getting answers to prayers so when you do not have knowledge of his will okay when you don't have knowledge of his will there is a problem and we have said before the will of god is his word of god is the word of god the will of god is for you to reign in life through Christ Jesus and so if you are if you are living defeated you should know that it is not the will of god to keep you defeated and down trodden he himself bore our infirmities on his body and by his stripes we are healed jesus bore our infirmities on his body it cannot be the will of god for you to be sick or to remain sick jesus said i have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly it cannot be the will of god for you to remain in darkness and ignorance the bible says the path of the just shines brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day retrogression cannot be the will of god for you you have just been putting up with the lies of the devil so when you are praying regarding a thing before you go to god and start crying go and find out his will before you go to god in fasting go and find out his will before you go to god and start accusing him or reporting the problem back to him find out his will now lack of understanding of the will of god will lead to unbelief so many prayers are said in doubt and unbelief and this is why there is no result so the second main hindrance to an answer prayer is unbelief if a unbelief is a very serious obstacle when we pray unbelief is a very serious obstacle Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God that without faith it is impossible to get the attention of God and get him to be committed into whatever you are doing without faith it says either comment to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Praise God. The Bible went on to say that the just shall live by his faith. 
But if any man draws back, the word of God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in it. That's Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in it. So it is important for us to understand that unbelief is another big hindrance. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 again from verse 22. Or let's say verse 21. It says, And having an high priest over the house of God, 22, let us draw near with a true act in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a true spirit in full assurance of faith. Let me read this in uh, modified English. Let us come to God, okay, in prayers with a true spirit that is backed by full assurance of faith. Now, he says, what we have to do when we draw near is to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. So, the second main entrance is unbelief. And unbelief will come because you don't have an understanding of the knowledge of his will. Doubt and unbelief start from not understanding the knowledge of his will. But how does faith come? Romans chapter 10. How does faith come? Because Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we have said before that the word of God is the will of God. So when you get the knowledge of the will of God, that is, when you get the word of God, Okay, and you hear the word of God, okay, then faith will come. But this hearing, this hearing is not a, about somebody preaching to you. No, 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 no. This hearing has a specific process. Look at it. Uh, we're still looking at Romans chapter 10, verse 6. It says, But the righteousness which is of faith. Speaketh of this wise, say not in thy heart who shall descend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart, that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, look at it. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made 
unto salvation. Philemon 1 says that the communication of your faith may become infectious by the acknowledging or say the confessing of every good thing that you have in Christ. The hearing the Bible is talking about in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 is about the confession of your mouth. That faith will come when you confess the word. It is not just enough to get the word, to learn the word, to study the word. There is the place of meditation and confession. That faith will come when you confess the word. And as you confess the word, the revelation of it will come to you. This is the second main interest. So before you pray, have you heard the word? Have you confessed it? Because if you have not done this too, it is a hindrance. Unbelief will stand as an hindrance before you. So when you have the knowledge of his will and you have gotten his word and you confess the word, you will not be praying prayers and say, Lord, if he be thy will, heal me. Lord, if he be thy will, do this. Because you already know the will of God. And so what you do is just to stand on this will of God. We've considered two main interests now. First is the lack of knowledge of the will of God. Second is unbelief. The third one, and that's what we're going to be stopping today, is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Many believers do not understand that the, in fact, this is a major hindrance to answered prayers. You can have the knowledge of the will of God, you can even have faith, but there's one thing that can cause your prayers not to be answered. It is unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11. Look at what the Lord Jesus said here. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And it says, When ye stand praying, forgive. When ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. When you stand praying, forgive. Now, let's look at it now. It says, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, from verse 23, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus is talking about asking in prayer here. Therefore I say unto you, what whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You will see that Jesus is talking specifically about getting results when you pray. And then he said, when you start praying, this is one obstacle you should pay attention to. When you start praying, before you say the prayer, forgive. If you have out against any, that your father, which also is in heaven, may forgive you. Now it says, if you if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, if God has not forgiven you your trespasses, or if God is not forgiving you your trespasses, 
This means that he's not pleased with you. Now, if God is not pleased with you, you can't get results to your prayer. Forgive. John chapter 20, verse 23. There's a reason why this is so important. John 20 and 23. This is Lord Jesus speaking here. He said, Whosoever sins you remit, they are, ret- they are remitted unto them. That is, whosoever sins, sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whosoever sins you remain, you retain rather, they are retained. That is, when you fail to forgive someone, the sins remain. But when you choose to forgive someone, the sins are forgiven, even by God. You have the power to forgive and not to forgive. It is a conscious decision you can make. You can choose to forgive and choose not to forgive. But when someone offends you, you should always note this, that when someone offends you, their target, the target of the devil, okay, is to keep both of you in bondage. It is not normal for people to just go around offending you. So when someone offends you, just realize that he has, in a way, unconsciously or consciously partnered with the devil to put both of you in bondage. Because if you do not forgive the person, he is in bondage. If you don't forgive, you are also in bondage. Because now your prayers will not be answered. So you can see the reason why people are offending you up and down. Because the devil does not want you to get answers to your prayers. You need enough spiritual sense to forgive when people offend you. And you can avoid people offending you by binding spirits that are influencing them to behave in a particular way. We considered this yesterday in the night school. That if you have a perpetual offender, you can bind the spirit that is manipulating the person to continue to misbehave. Because you must understand, people don't just misbehave. Even wicked people, they have just, in a way, are partnered with the devil to be wicked. People don't just misbehave. Nobody is inherently wicked. There is a spirit that is influencing them or manifesting through them to behave that way. To the purpose that they might be in bondage and you might also be put in bondage. So, it's simple. If the person is a perpetual offender, bind the spirit that is manifesting them is being. When they offend you, no matter how big it is, forgive. Let me give you one more reason why you should forgive. Apart from you forgiving, when they offend you, apart from the fact that forgiveness keeps you out of bondage and keeps you in God's favor, I mean, keeps you within the purview of God where you can get your prayers answered, he also gives you access to one thing. One. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea. This scripture is as true of Adam before he fell, and as true for any believer in Christ today. 
you have the ability to not just be fruitful, to not just multiply, but also to replenish the earth because it is a blessing. God blessed you to do so. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing, including this one. So if people offend you, you can forgive them and replenish whatever it is they have done. To replenish means to make afresh again. What is damage? So, whatever damages that they may have caused, you have the blessing of God to be able to replenish it. So, when they offend you, no matter how big the damage is, notice that you can only replenish the damage after you are forgiven. So, forgive them and replenish the damage. Just by exercising the rights and the privilege that in the name of Jesus, this is the damage social person has caused, I replenish it in the name of Jesus. We live by the Spirit and not by flesh. We should have spiritual sense. Forgive. Before you pray, forgive. I know it can be tough. Bear all of the, I know it can be a serious burden. Bear all of the burden before God and forgive. Let him hear all of those bodies and forgive. When you forgive, you become free. When you forgive, you are able to replenish. When you forgive, more importantly, you are able to stand before God without condemnation. And you will get answers to your prayers in the name of Jesus. So today we have considered three interests. The first one is the lack of the knowledge of his will. The second one is unbelief. And the third one is unforgiveness. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about more interests to prayer as the Holy Spirit leads us. God bless you and have a wonderful day.